What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe podcast here on the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. We are so happy you've taken the time to celebrate the holidays with myself, John Boccasino, and my ginger-haired colleague, Jamie D'Amico, who is so much more than the ginger haircut. But I have to always mention that because as a <laughs> paisano, ginger hair is just not in my future, buddy. Not something that uh, those of us who have an, a last name that ends in a vowel come across too often. Yet, interestingly, I'm not even the only one in my family. Not not talking about my immediate family, but other family members whose last name ends in the vowel. Yes, extended family. It seems to run uh, as a recessive trait that shows up once in a while. Which goes to show just how fortunate our Believe listeners are to have a unicorn on the podcast like Jamie D'Amico here. Jamie, this is a season of gratitude, and I'm grateful that you've put up with me and my large forehead and my ego, uh, whatever that might be, uh, as we've as my co-host on this podcast. And I want to thank Jamie for filling in last week. I did not have a high ankle sprain. Uh, I had some other... <laughs> sort of ailment out there, but we are back off of the injured reserve list and uh, ready to get you Bills fans up to speed for, boy, Saturday night. It's crazy to think that just coming off of that trouncing of the Dallas Cowboys, and yes, Dallas finally did go down, Gary. Uh, The Cowboys suffering a massive uh, and embarrassing loss at the hands of the Bills. On a rain-soaked Highmark Stadium, Bills get to 8-6 and six when they're second in a row, and uh, they've got to make a pretty daunting trip cross-country to go take on those Los Angeles Chargers. This game, as a reminder, is exclusively streaming on Peacock, so if you don't have Peacock yet, I actually highly recommend uh, Peacock as a streaming service, a ton of great shows and movies and other things to watch on there, and if you don't have it yet, Make sure you get it now so you're not left in the lurch on Saturday night wondering, how the hell do I watch my bills? Did you see that HBO Max changed their name to just Max? I did. Yeah, your move, Peacock. That's kind of... <laughs> what, are you saying you would stream a channel that was named P? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly where we both were planning on going with that joke. But um bum <laughs> yeah i got nothing uh, however <laughs> flying across country short week does sean mcdermott have what it takes to get this team prepared that's the question right because you and i have said it so many times it's about the buffalo bills it's not about the opponent 
does Sean McDermott have them ready to go? Do you believe in Sean McDermott is what this comes down to? And I would thoroughly uh, piggyback off of Jamie's thought there that this is indeed about the Bills, not the Chargers. I know the Chargers will be playing the game, although given how they no-showed against the Las Vegas Raiders uh, in their last game, losing 63-21, to they were down 42 to nothing at halftime. But Jamie, that brings me to a point, and it comes down to, you mentioned preparation and with Sean McDermott. The one concern I've got about this game from a preparation standpoint is it's really hard to embarrass a team like the Raiders embarrass the Chargers on national mm-hmm. TV. It was a standalone game. And right after, I mean, I thought they would have done it at halftime, but the day afterwards, Brandon Staley was relieved of his duties as was the Chargers general manager. What kind of concern do you have about a complete bounce back? I mean, the Chargers are not lacking talent. Now, Easton Stick or whoever the Chargers are starting on Sunday with Justin Herbert um, being sidelined for the year, this is still a professional team that's getting paid Boku bucks to go out there and play a football game. Are you worried at all about a massive bounce back effort under the Chargers and their interim head coach, Jeff Smith? A massive bounce back? No. However, you do worry about the dead cat bounce. If you throw a dead cat off the roof of your house, when it hits the ground, it's going to land. And when it lands, it's going to bounce. Okay. Do you have so, a lot of personal experience with that anecdote, by the way? No. I don't touch dead animals. That's <laughs> disgusting. What do you think? I'm a vet or something? No. <laughs> I, I'm allergic to jobs that pay well. That's why I podcast. Anyway. <laughs> Jamie's got so, jokes on jokes on jokes today. It's got to be the cold medicine. It's got to be. I'm a little bit loopy over here. I said, I'm actually at home in Rochester. And I said to my mother, oh, man, is this stuff going to make me loopy? She's like, you're always loopy. I'm like, oh, okay, good point, <laughs> mom. Thanks for being on my side here. Um, anyway, that mom be, not being on my side, that's how it turned out this way. Anyhow. That explains so much. Many teams, after taking an ass whooping. Just going to gloss and, over that one. I love it. <laughs> and... Teams that change coaches tend to rebound. Take a look. The Denver Broncos, after being absolutely manhandled by the Miami Dolphins, they're they're playing like a solid, mediocre team. And a team that gives up 70 points, you usually think that they're going to be in the you know getting the top couple of picks in the draft. That isn't what happened. They improved after that. Teams that switch out their coaches, the Raiders, are playing much better than they were early in the season because it's that different voice. Oh, by the way, don't look any farther than the Buffalo Bills, that offense that was just not performing with a quarterback who looked like he was lost at sea. Suddenly, you've got a confident Josh Allen who's playing very well over the past few games, but overall an offense that is absolutely putting on masterful performances like they did against the Dallas Cowboys. When you have a change in coaching, these players buy back in oftentimes 
Now, it's late in the season. We know that the Chargers aren't going anywhere. Uh, But you worry about, like I said, the dead cat bounce that these teams end up getting. And are they going to come out with more energy than you're expecting? It was Hall of Fame basketball coach Gary Williams, uh, formerly of the University of Maryland. Met him one day. I said, what do you think is going to happen? It was actually Super Bowl Sunday. I said, what do you think is going to happen? And what's the difference between a championship game in college versus in the pros? He said, in the pros, more often than not, the more talented team wins. But in college, you try to get on your players' emotions because if you can get up higher than the other team, more meaning playing with more energy, you can sometimes steal one. Well, that does happen in the NFL on occasion, and that's what you hope doesn't happen. I feel like, Jamie, the same thing that I'm going to say now applied last week when the Bills manhandled the Cowboys, and everyone was riding Dallas, rightfully so. I mean, they came off an impressive demolition of the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. They were first place in the NFC East. And what did the Buffalo Bills do? They jumped down their throats from the get-go. Now, granted, they were the beneficiary of the roughing the passer penalty that extended Buffalo's drive and another Dallas miscue where they roughed, they ran into Sam Martin, giving the Bills a first down. And there was the questionable fumble by Stefan Diggs where he fumbled, but they didn't call it a fumble and the Bills rushed to the line of scrimmage, snapped the ball. Point being, red-hot teams or teams looking to do the dead cat bounce, as you've coined, as you've coined it, they don't want you to start fast on them. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what the Bills need to do on Saturday night. If the Bills come out and hang a touchdown and a field goal or two touchdowns on their first two drives, start strong, carry over that momentum, continue the strong play now James Cook had himself a day and don't get me wrong it was awesome to watch the quick cutbacks the great catches out of the backfield he was the dual threat that we've been longing for in Buffalo but the Bills offensive line is playing at such a high level and you just have to think Buffalo a team that needs this win to continue their march to the playoffs versus a Chargers team that does have motivation wanting to prove that they're not as bad as that Thursday night demolishing proved them to be. They're going to want to play and prove that they're, they're better than what that score was. But Buffalo will assert its will, I feel like. That's really where this game comes down to. Who wants to be there? And along those lines, Jamie, if you watched carefully that game against the Cowboys, they didn't want to be there. They didn't want to get off of the blocks. They were pushed around and bullied from the get-go. And that, to me, was such both a discouraging sign as a Cowboy fan and a really encouraging sign as a Bills fan, how Buffalo was really able to own both lines of scrimmage. Yes, and that was that made a, that was the game right there, right? The Bills were more physical than the Dallas Cowboys. They, they sat there. And impose their will, like you said earlier. We had a, a great game from, I, I mean, even Spencer Brown looked tremendous in that game, run blocking. Now, it's great that the run game worked. It, the game may not have appeared the same if the Bills were trying in vain to pass the ball. 
So there was some good coaching involved there for understanding what was going on. Now, the Bills are an 11.5-point favorite against the Chargers. So that tells me that no one expects the Chargers to have a chance. Do the Chargers think that they have a chance? I mean, Easton Stick? Does Easton Stick think that he can go toe-to-toe with Josh Allen? And and I wonder about this. What you don't want is the team to begin to believe in themselves. So you're right. You get out to a lead. You keep their offense off the field. The Bills have been a good first-half team this year. Where they've gone awry at times has been in the second half. But this is the type of team in the Chargers that if you get out to that lead, they're just going to pack it in. Oh, you know it. I mean, that's one of those things where, again, they're just playing for pride and a paycheck. And the Chargers did have talent on this team. I mean, don't forget, before this streak where they've gone one and five, uh, and their only win during that slide was a 6 nothing win over the Patriots a couple weeks back. I mean, before that, the Chargers were 4-3 and three with Justin Herbert, and they were sort of on the perimeter of being in the playoff hunt, and they had some really good talent on the team out there, led by Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on offense. The offense didn't have any problems putting up points. It was the defense that was a sieve that really was allowing teams to run wild and assert their dominance. And that's where, again, I feel like, and that this is kudos to Joe Brady, kudos to Brady for calling the perfect game plan in the elements. If you would, if I had told you the bills were going to route the Cowboys be up 31 to three at one point, and Josh Allen would have less than a hundred passing yards. You would have called me crazy. I mean, that's how great the game plan was. And I have total faith that Brady's going to call a very similar game plan for the Bills on offense on Saturday night. Why go away from James Cook? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yes. Now let's talk about that Chargers defense a little bit. One of the reasons Brandon Staley did not keep his job is because of the way he was installing game plans. His game plans, while very smart, they say that he was too smart for his own good, meaning the defensive game plans he put in were far too complex that his players would be thinking and not reacting, which is exactly the wrong thing uh, for a defensive team. In fact, I will point back to the Bills game against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals last year where the Bills were blowing coverage. And I guarantee you the reason that they were blowing coverages is because the defensive game plan was too intricate. There are too many checks, too many different scenarios that that'll go for. I am willing to bet you that we are going to see the Chargers playing a little bit faster because I think if Smith is going to, he's going to probably pare it back a little bit and let those guys just go out and run around a little bit. But that's exactly why it's going to be important to establish the run early on because it doesn't matter how fast you're playing. If you have a running game that's going against you and working well, well, come on. There's very little you can do to stop it. And that's a great point, Jamie, when it comes to, again, playing to the strengths of this team and continuing to feed James Cook. And Cook, again, he's coming off his best game of, of his career, averaging more than seven yards a carry against Dallas. The Chargers are not stout against the run. 
they're giving up 114 rushing yards per game, which is 18th in the league. They're allowing 4.2 yards per carry, which is 17th. And they're also, I mean, they're passing defense. They're giving up 262 yards a game through the air, 7.7 pass attempts. Those are both 28th and 30th respectively in the league. And they've allowed 24 passing touchdowns. So I'm saying that the balance that Bills fans have seen from this offense over the last couple of weeks, it's going to continue because this Chargers defense is flat out not good. They're just not playing well of late. A lot of that, I'm sure they've been giving up the late leads when the team was competitive. They were blowing games. They were blowing leads. And now that they're down to Easton stick at quarterback and they might not have Keenan Allen lining up on offense as a wide receiver, dangerous on Saturday night. It's almost like the defense is in one of those we're damned if we're due damned if we don't positions because the bills are really going to assert their will and run over this team. And this is not even factoring in that the chargers are going to be without star edge rusher, Joey Bosa and run mm. stuff. Nick Williams is most likely out for this game on two, which means the chargers are bad at both the run stuffing and the pass stopping and they're banged up and depleted. Well, uh, what's, what's left to say, right? You've got a backup quarterback and you're missing two all world defenders. I mean, it uh, once again, I mean, we've said it so many times. What sort of bills are going to show up here? I think the only area of concern for the Chargers when it comes to their defense is Khalil Mack. I mean, he is still a force of nature. Uh, he's someone to be reckoned with. But I have all the faith in the world that Buffalo's offensive line will hold up well against, again, a depleted Chargers team that is really a mess. I mean, again, they're 30th in passing yards allowed per game. They're giving up big chunk plays time and time again. Their tackling is atrocious. They've given up the most yards in the NFL after contact, almost mm. 2,000 yards against this defense have come after contact. Jamie, that's a sieve right there. That's embarrassing. And, you know, the Buffalo Bills are not a good tackling team. We we see them look like they're peeling wallpaper a lot of times. But imagine if they had given up that much yardage after contact, what we would be saying. I would want to be firing the entire defense, saying, just get out of my face and let's bring in guys that can at least bring down a person they make contact with. Ooh. Yeah, those those numbers are absolutely terrible. And it bodes well. Again, it comes down to you, you mentioned it. The Bills are not a great tackling team, but they've been able to keep things in front of them for the most part and limit those big plays. The Chargers are giving up chunk plays in spades. That should really work out well for the Bills on Saturday night. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
We've mentioned offensively that the Chargers are again without some key figures. And I know the Bills will be without Mr. Big Stuff, Jordan Phillips, uh, who had wrist surgery. Um, he, he expected to be back uh, for the Dolphins game, but he was placed on the injured reserve uh, earlier today. So that's a really bad uh, sign uh, for the Bills. The fact that he was rounding into form and he's going to be out uh, for quite some time. Micah Hyde is not going to play on Saturday night, but the rest of the Bills are expected to be out there, which means this defensive line and this front four and that terrorized Dak Prescott, it's going to be open season on Easton stick with the bills front four. This should be a revolving turnstile for the bills racking up sack after sack and pressure after pressure on an offensive line. That is again, below average. I, I'm actually looking forward to that because this is the kind of thing where yes, the bills are also, it's questionable whether AJ Epinesa is going to be out there. So the players that are on the field, like the Kingsley Jonathans, need to step up and actually make plays. This is the type of thing that can give these backup players confidence to do to do the things that the starters perhaps could have and should have been doing. Maybe this is a game, you ready for this, that Von Miller connects with the quarterback. You sound like Tony Romo. Do I? He said that the last couple of times the Bills have had a game that he's broadcast or he's like, could this be the week that Von Miller gets going, Jim? I don't know. This could be. <laughs> I thought you were going to accuse me of having a voice as high pitched as his. Oh, God, no. No, you're better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but really, it is, Jamie. It's been refreshing to watch Buffalo's defense tee off on opposing teams of late. And like, I feel you Terrell Bernard does not get nearly enough credit for the breakthrough season. He is having the, if you had told me this bills, def- this bills defense is playing very well with all the pieces that they're missing. And Epinesa was out last week and now Jordan Phillips is down, but the bills are really rounding into form uh, a top five defense in the league. They're allowing 19 or 18 points a game. Uh, the yardage they're forcing turnovers. They're coming up with big sacks, key sacks and key stops against the opposition. All this Jamie to me points to a situation where the bills can should and will uh, prevail in a cakewalk against this chargers team. And I, I feel like, as much as last week was great watching what James Cook put out there on tape and the Bills are still going to try to run the ball, this has all the makings of a Stephon Diggs get-right offense game. Gabe Davis, who has been phenomenal blocking, I think he's going to have a nice advantage in his matchups. Um, Dalton Kincaid had a drop or two against the Cowboys. Like I, I don't know how the Chargers game plan to stop Buffalo's offense because, again, The Chargers defense is not that great. The Bills offense is very good. And it's going to be fun to see, you know, what Buffalo's points can put up, but also how much the Bills defense can limit the Chargers. Austin Eckler is a phenomenal dual threat, but he's a better pass catcher, in my opinion, than he is a running back. I think Hmm. he's better out of the backfield than he is running between the tackles. That's my opinion, but I feel like the Bills linebackers will match up well in that because are you really going to fear 
Josh Palmer or Quinton Johnson, who has a major case of the drops going up against the Bills secondary that since Rasul Douglas has come over here, the Bills have been there's an incredible article out there on the Buffalo News about how Buffalo's defense has done an incredible job taking away the other team's number one receiving option. And what I mean by that is this season, the other team's number one target, be it a wide receiver or a tight end, they are holding their top threat to five catches a game, 46 receiving yards, and 0.4 touchdowns per game. In ridiculous. a happy league, those numbers are indeed ridiculous. Absolutely. And I, I know that... Sean McDermott has been much maligned this season. However, the guy can scheme up a pass defense. He can. It's one of the things that the Bills do very, very well is mixing up their coverages and confusing quarterbacks. You take a QB that doesn't have a lot of experience in stick. Stick. I think I like <laughs> that guy's name as much as you like Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges. Easton Stick. <laughs> um, and... You sell out to stop the run. You sell out to stop the run because if you can take Eckler out of the game, what are they going to do? You make the guy who's lacking experience try to beat you with his arm. It's just, it's a very simple scenario. It is. It's a recipe for disaster, if you will. And again, Rasul Douglas gets a lot of that credit. He has solidified and stabilized Buffalo's cornerbacks and Buffalo's secondary, allowing Christian Benford to not have to be the one but to be the two and allowing Taron Johnson to again, get back to his thriving role in the slot. Since Douglas came to Buffalo from green Bay, all three of Buffalo's top corners are graded in the top 17 in the league. The bills once again, have a shutdown secondary, which can make up for the fact that Micah Hyde is going to miss his second straight game with an inexperienced quarterback, a leaky offensive line and wide receivers who are known to drop the ball, Jamie, I don't see any reason. I mean, if the, the, the bills, if they were to somehow lose this game on Saturday night, this might be the most disheartening bills loss since they lost to the Steelers backups at the end of the Oh four season. I would say that is true. And if they do drop this game, they do not deserve to make the playoffs this year. They, they, they don't deserve it. And sometimes you get what you you well you you get what you deserve. You reap what you sow, and this would be exactly that: a team that doesn't know how to pull together and make it happen when it counts. So if they do lose, you know I don't want to hear any complaining from the players about anything because they had the chances to make this season work for them. It's staring them in the face. They've got a winnable game. You can't win the winnable games. You don't deserve to play in the postseason. Yeah. Amen. First things first, take care of the game in front of you. The bills have done a really good job of just being narrowly focused on one game at a time. It's a stupid cliche, but in this case, the bills had to adhere to it and they did one game at a time in winning an arrowhead one game at a time beating the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? That was so great to see Buffalo demolish Dallas last week. And now the bills go on the road to Los Angeles. This is going to be more of a neutral Sight because Bills fans travel so well. The Chargers fans are going to get drowned out by the Bills Mafia members making the roadie to California to watch this game on Saturday night. Jamie, give us your expert opinion on how you see the game playing out. 
Okay, so this is interesting. Because I feel like the Chargers are going to have a more simple game plan on defense, they're actually going to play a little bit better than what we have seen recently. These are professionals. They have pride. They don't want to get destroyed by 63 points. And there's a new coach, new sheriff in town. And I think that the Bills are being favored by 11 and a half points is not actually a blessing in this case. I don't think the Bills cover here. I think the Bills win this one, uh, but it's going to be a little bit closer than what we would like to see. So I'm thinking the Bills are going to win this one 30-24. Wow, that would be a pretty... uh pretty close margin because last i looked the line was up to 13 and a half so oh, the bills would definitely not cover on that one at all okay actually i don't i don't i don't like that prediction let, let me redo this <laughs> they're going to be they're, they're going to win uh 33 to 20 i like it a convincing victory for the buffalo bills to get to nine and six on the year i also if you couldn't tell by the tone of the preview, have Buffalo rolling in this one. And rightfully so, the Bills are playing their best football of the year. They're a confident bunch, but they're also not cocky. I don't think they're going to take the Chargers lightly. The Bills know what's at stake. They cannot afford to trip up over the final three games of the season. They want and need to win out to get the division or just to get a wild card berth. They need to win out. I see Buffalo, Josh Allen, Loves to play in California. He has played very well in California. It's his home. Uh, he's from the California area. I think he's going to return to California, put up a nice performance. The Bills are going to roll. I will say Buffalo puts up 37, and they win 37 to 13 in a cakewalk to get to nine and six on the year, setting up a rematch on New Year's Eve with the New England Patriots in what could be Bill Belichick's last visit to Western New York as the coach of the evil empire. The Bills, Jamie, they got their work cut out for them, but if they win out, they have a really good chance of making the playoffs, even mm -hmm. if the other teams in front of them, even if the Dolphins don't lose to the Cowboys or the Ravens, which we're all Cowboys fans this week. We need Dallas yes. to beat Miami or Baltimore to beat Miami. But if Dallas beats Miami, oh boy, everything changes. And uh, the, the Dolphins fans will be throwing themselves off of the proverbial roof and seeing if the dead cat principle applies to them. <laughs> way, to, way to bring that full circle, buddy. That was like, that was like listening to an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> it's always nice to bring it back to a little Seinfeldian reference here on the Bill Eve podcast. We want to hear from you, Bills Mafia. What do you think? What's the score going to be on Saturday night? Get involved with us on Twitter. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. A bit of a programming note. Uh, we, at least myself, and I'm, I'm assuming Jamie will want to take advantage of this too. We are going to take off the rest of this year. We have family plans. The holidays are around. Uh, we deserve a little time off, but we want to thank you, all of our loyal listeners, for supporting Bill Eve week in and week out. You mean so much to us, and we, we wouldn't be doing this show if we didn't have an audience that was listening to what we had to say each and every week. Jamie, Merry Christmas, Happy Festivus, and a Happy New Year to you, my friend. 
Well, thank you very much. And now meet me down on Liberty Pole Way in Rochester, where we have the Festivus Pole set up, and let's have the feats of strength. I got a lot of problems with you people. (laughs) Cougar, my son says your company stinks. (laughs) That was a terrible Frank Costanza. Yeah, it was. It wasn't nearly as good (laughs) as my Tony Romo. Uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, for being there every week, John Bacasino, and thank you, everyone, for listening. You know, Jamie, I made a $25 gift in your name to the Human Fund the other day. Did you really? Money for people. Huh. One people. of the best Seinfeld episodes ever. <laughs> I could keep riffing on and on and on, but Jamie had good sentiments, and I ruined it by going back to the Seinfeld well. So there you go. There you have it. Yes, yes. But uh, happy holidays to everyone listening. Yes, you as well, Jamie. And uh, we hope our Bills Mafia be safe, be well, and enjoy the holidays, enjoy the Bills games, and of course, go Bills. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 